Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 245 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by my co-host, as always, Adnan Ikejat. Say which way, Adnan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, you know, just braving the summer. It's, uh, it's supposed to rain in Atlanta every day, so, you know, just uh, waiting on training camp, counting down the days. It's uh, yep. another month or so left. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll definitely touch on that a little bit guys before we get started with our show topic today before we get to that even want to welcome in a very special guest you guys know him very well eric robinson at underscore eric underscore robinson now at espn formerly of course my co-host on this program and a longtime writer at the falcoholic eric how are we doing espn eric espn I'm doing good. <laughs> Until that, he I'm was doing, doing great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing good. Uh, I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm glad to to be on here to talk a little Falcons football and the, the dog days of the summer that we're in. Yep. That that weird period where free agency is pretty much dead and there's no training camp and OTAs are like at the worst part of the offseason. Yeah. This exactly. it's the dead zone. I mean, it is, you know, we're going to bring you guys tremendous content, of course, uh, throughout, and, and we'll have some interesting topics, you know, this week, uh, since we didn't actually do a schedule release show, cause I was on vacation, uh, we're going to talk about the schedule now, give our game by game thoughts, you know, do some initial season predictions, all that good stuff. So that'll be a fun off season topic. I think next week we're going to get into our expectations for the offense, do a little bit of a deeper dive there. And then after that, get into some defensive expectations and then, you know, camp will be kind of right around the corner, but uh, we are a little over a month out from training camp. Uh, as you guys are well aware, we're doing our training camp fundraiser for anyone that's interested in supporting that. The link is in the show description, streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. Appreciate that. All donations this month are going to that training camp fund. Uh, so really appreciate everyone who has already donated. I think we're already 10% of the way there, so we're, we're well on our way. Appreciate you guys for that. Uh, always, you can check out our Patreon as well. If you want to support the show on a monthly basis, it's patreon.com slash live. So check that out. Uh, we appreciate everyone there. As always, five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, subscribe, like all those YouTube algorithm things. And, of course, we just appreciate everyone hanging out and chatting with us. Brandon, K. Green, Jonathan Wiggins, uh, Jason Gaines. What's up, guys? Welcome in. Uh, appreciate all you guys for for braving the depths of the offseason with us. And uh, we'll, we'll be here for you. We'll be here for you. So uh, tonight's topic, as you guys know, uh, season predictions. So we're going to go week by week, look at the schedule, check out the bye week. Uh, you guys have probably heard the Falcons have the easiest strength of schedule on paper. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think as we get to the schedule, you'll see why that is. And I think it probably will bear out. Um, but I'm interested to see the opinion of of our of Adnan and Eric on how the season's going to go. And I wonder, you know, I'm going to we're going to go game by game. And obviously this is extremely early. So we do reserve the right, you know, to change after training camp, after the preseason to update hopefully in a positive direction, these predictions, but this is just sort of our first guess. Uh, but before we jump into that tremendous discussion, I do want to read you a message from our sponsor, betonline.ag, your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, and more. 
Or perhaps, as always, uh, I imagine some of you are feeling overly confident in the Falcons. You can bet on Atlanta to win the NFC South right now before the rest of the league catches up to that hype train. Like I said, we're going to have our predictions now, but you know, after training camp, it might be too late to get those good odds because, you know, maybe the Bucks look terrible and, you know, the Saints turn into a pumpkin and, you know, the Panthers, well, they're on the right track, I think we all can agree, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be that uh, this year. But no matter what you guys decide to do, BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, golf, UFC, boxing, whatever. Uh, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm pretty sure Bet Online wants more and more customers uh, at this point since they're losing so many NFL guys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, so please, Bet Online, (laughs) by all means. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out. Everyone with open. Yes, they would be very happy uh, to take your wagers right now. And you can use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, guys. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, let's let's get to it. We got a lot. 17-0. 17-0? Yeah, okay, Eric. Just You're supposed to say that at the end, okay? You know, we're just, you're just spoiling the surprise. I, I knew, you know, Eric. No, no that's how you, they, 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 you would never predict 17-0. You know, you're way too reasonable. Absolutely we got to, like, not. we got to bring on some Absolutely. more fantastical person to say that. But um, that's why I'm why yeah. here to provide Yeah, that, if but. anyone here is going <laughs> to predict 17-0, it's going to be me. Yeah. You can't, you can't take that from Adnan. He already had that uh, on, on tap, but... Yeah, it's an interesting season. Um, we're going to start at the top and work our way through. Uh, it is sort of interesting that the first, I believe, uh, eight games, it's like little st- like little stands. So it's two home games, then two away games, then two home games, then two away games. That's how they, that's how they open the first eight games. Sort of interesting. I do like that they get a little bit of time at home. Last year, it was like back and forth every week. And I feel like you never really get into any sort of a rhythm. Um, so I, I do, I do like that. I know, I can't remember, I think it was maybe Warren Sharp or somebody that did sort of like a look at the rest advantage and the Falcons were one of the, the least advantaged teams in terms of like actual rest, hey, that, um, that in terms of like that days. That. That, oh no, I'm sorry. It was Adnan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I knew don't, it was... don't give Warren Sharp my credit. No, I, I meant Adnan Sharp. He's the sharp one. Yes. <laughs> Please Adnan, talk us through what you learned. Cause yeah, I cause... Because Warren, Warren Sharp thinks very little about the Falcons. That's true. Getting, yeah, so we shouldn't give him any shine at all. So, Adnan, I apologize for for slandering you. Uh, so please do tell us what you found. Um, the Falcons have no rest advantage at all this season. Like, they have zero days of a rest advantage against, like, teams overall, which is, like, um, basically uh, I accounted rest advantage as let's say a team is coming off a Monday night football game and they have one day fewer, one day less. Uh, the Falcons don't have any Thursday night games. So, you know, or Monday night games actually this season. Um, and they do have three different opponents who will have a rest advantage going into the game against them. Um, the Washington commanders are coming off a Thursday night football game in week five before their week six matchup against the Falcons. So that's an extra three days. The New York jets have that black Friday game this year. Uh, so that'll be played the week before they face the Falcons. So that's an extra two days of a rest advantage. And the biggest rest advantage will be the Tennessee Titans who 
have a full-on bye week before facing the Falcons this year. So that's 12 days total of the Falcons being disadvantaged by rest. And yeah, there's not a single game where the Falcons will have more rest than their opponent going into it. Yeah, it's. I believe it's like one of the worst rest disadvantages that we've ever seen, um, like ever. Because uh, the NFL used to be a lot better about making sure teams had even amounts of, of rest, but... Hey, it is what it is. The Falcons are going to have to overcome it, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, and if you guys are asking about, oh, what about the Falcons' bye week? Well, the New, York, New Orleans Saints have a bye week the same week as the Falcons before their matchup uh, head-to-head, just like they did last year. So yep. the bye week kind of goes in the trash in that regard. Yeah, it gives them even rest. I mean, obviously, the, there are some good things to the schedule. And You mentioned the bye week. It's a week 11 bye, which is when, probably – one of the best buys you could have, you like it to be right in the middle like that, um, where you could split up your season. Last year, it was way super late, uh, and that really kind of screwed over Desmond Ritter. Um, that was unfortunate. I think the year before, it was super early, and that's not good either. So um, I, I think that the Week 11 buy is actually a good buy. Obviously, like Adon said, they're not going to have any advantage against the Saints this year, but, you know, it's it's even... Uh, and they're just going to have to beat the Saints no matter what. So, you know, or we'll, we'll find a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the bad part. But there are some like pretty good quirks within this schedule too for the Falcons. Like for one, they were supposed to have uh, more away games than they do home games. But one of those road games will be in a neutral setting. It'll be that Jacksonville game in London. That's in week four. Um, another one is the Falcons will actually... Uh, only play one game outside of that 1 p.m. window this season, out, yeah. uh, other than the Jacksonville game. They have a game against Arizona where that, that'll be a 4 p.m. kickoff, and you know that's the only time this year when you will not see the Falcons play at 1 p.m., that and the Jacksonville game. And even that game, it's, that, it's the only game where they'll really have to go you know, far out west, you yeah. know, the furthest out west they will, and after that game, they have their bye week. That's week 10. So the Falcons won't really have any ill effects from, from that west uh, Western road trip. And the other cool thing uh, for them, which I'm sure Arthur Smith and the players appreciate, uh, and I noticed this the other day when I was looking at, uh, at the training camp schedule, the Falcons will go to Miami for week one in the preseason. That's mm-hmm. August, what, 12th yeah 11th uh, i think 11th but yeah, yeah. Something yeah. Like that. they come something back like that. they come back august 12th or they'll travel back home august 12th after that they do not have to leave atlanta until week three against the detroit lions which is in, on september 24th so their next two games after miami uh both preseason games their last two preseason games are at home uh they have that week of rest between the preseason and the regular season and then their first two regular season games are both at home. So the Falcons will essentially for the next five weeks be able to spend all of them in Atlanta. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice. Like, and you mentioned it too, like the, 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 the places they travel are pretty much all in the Eastern time zone or central time zone. I believe, like you said, the only one that's not is the Cardinals. Um, only one cold weather out, like outdoor game too, with the bears in week 17. You know, so the Jets technically the, the Jets is also the Jets is also eh. in December. Yeah, that's true. I forget that it's week thirteen is technically December, but you know, it it's not like January, 
Um, cause, and it's New York city in Jan- in December too. So it's not, you know, the frozen tundra of Minnesota or, uh, you know, I live in New York state now, so I, I can tell you, you know, that, that it's not that bad necessarily, but for a team that's used to playing in the Georgia heat, you know, it might be a little bit different, but, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting schedule. I mean, Eric, what do you think on, on paper, like looking at it, any of the, the, anything so far, like stand out in terms of just sort of gen- general interest other than the fact they don't have any primetime games? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think one thing that stands out to me, and I believe I, you, you guys might have seen this as well. I think they are one of the more least traveled teams this mm-hmm. year in terms of like uh, air miles and things of that nature. So, I, I mean, I don't know how much stock you want to put into that, but they don't have a ton of cross-country trips. You know, a lot of their trips are pretty much uh, up and down the East Coast. I mean, of course, they do have to go across the pond and play the Jacks. Uh, but, you know, this is it's, it's a fairly manageable schedule. And, you know, and then brought us some great points as far as, you know, the rest factor and how they have a number of games where these teams are coming in with a, a little bit more prepared. But, you know, it uh, it's three teams that I'm not fearful of. It's not like it's, you know, giving the Niners extra rest or giving the Eagles or the Chiefs extra rest. It's I still think they're able to honestly win all three of those games, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. Um yeah, and I feel I feel fairly solid about it, about the season, about the about the roster, and, and things of that nature. And I think we might be uh, might be looking at a playoff team this year. Yeah, I, I think we could for sure, and, and that's a good way to segue right into that. Let's kick it off. Week one, Falcons will play at home against the Panthers, and it's nice. I think for the first time in like several years that this is a game where the Falcons are actually going to be favored in week one. I think the last three years they've all they've been underdogs uh, in week one, and like last year they should have won week one. Obviously, uh, we won't rehash that. But this time uh, the Fal- the line for this has moved to I think the Falcons being favored by three. It started out at two, um, so I think the rest of the you know betting world has sort of caught up to the fact that the Falcons are probably better than the Panthers uh, this year. You know, and that's not really meant as a slight against the Panthers. That's a team that I think is sort of. They're kind of rebuilding, um, you know, and, and nobody knows what to expect from Bryce Young in his first start. Obviously, I think we were all pretty big fans of Bryce Young coming out. So um, it's interesting. You know, I, I think that like the Falcons, I feel like the Panthers are like a year or two behind where the Falcons are in their process. But like the Falcons, I think they've made some really interesting moves. And I think they have some pieces that are good. But I think overall, uh, this is not a particularly scary team this year, but I think it, it, a lot depends on Bryce young, but in week one, um, you have to think, you know, that I'm, I'm guessing you guys probably like the Falcons chances, but Eric, I'll let you get the first crack at this. What are you, what are you sort of feeling for, for week one? You start off with a dub, man. They start off one and oh, I think this is uh I think this is a game here. You, you look back last year against the Panthers uh, first meeting, of course, um, almost ended in disastrous, fashion uh, not going to rehash that as well but you know they 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 squeezed out a win there they went on the road uh to carolina on that disastrous thursday night matchup uh where we saw marcus mariota throwing passes from his back um we're not really we're not fairly competitive in that game if i don't i think the margin was maybe what 
twelve or something like that, or thirteen, maybe. I, I can't. I can't recall right now. But it it felt the margin felt larger than that, to be quite honest with you. They did make a little small comeback, but um, yeah, shout out to Daryl Hodge for his uh, first ever touchdown catch. In right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think this is. I, I think they start off with a win here. Um, we're anticipating Bryce Young to get the start in Week One, and you know, as as much high hopes and promise that we have in Bryce Young. You know he's he may have a, a early going, um, starting week one. Um, you gotta you, you gotta deal with Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, and Calais Campbell as you put your first start um, as a QB. So and it's a road game for the yeah. for Bryce Young. It's a road game. Yeah, and it's, it's really tough. So, yeah. yeah, rookies in their first ever start lose right. almost all every time it, it's it's kind of crazy if you go back historically like it's just really hard to win your first game in the nfl it just is so these, they've got the unless history you're matt ryan unless you're matt ryan the goat uh who just throws tds on his first pass uh you could do that too but um yeah it's it's interesting I'm I'm curious your thoughts here too, uh, because this could be the chance for the Falcons to 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 break the streak and finally get above 500 for the first time since real, I believe 2018. So, real, real quick, I want to leave this. I want to leave this out there as well. It's yeah. it's the first game for Bryce. It's also the first game for Frank Wright as head coach of the Carolina Panthers. It's the first game for that whole office of system to get going. It's a lot of firsts for Carolina when compared to to Atlanta, at least on the offensive side of the ball. There's some cohesion there with the offensive system. These guys have been in place for a while. It's a different story with Carolina. So yeah, no, makes sense. Um, yeah, what do you think, Ona? So I'm gonna sound dramatic. I think this is one of the most important season openers for the Falcons in recent memory, and I'm just talking about that. Well, one, if you really want to, you know, compete in the division, you have to win your division games. Carolina is one of those teams that the Falcons at home against Carolina, you should be beating Carolina if you're expecting to be competitive. But more than anything, just from a psychological perspective, uh, Kevin, you mentioned it, and I have been banging that drum on Twitter since 2020 uh, at the very least. The Falcons have not spent a single day above 500 since finishing 10-6 and six in that 2017 season. The next five years in a row, they have lost their season opener every single year. Uh, and they have, you know, they've never gone above. Like, that. that's such a yeah. crazy They've gotten close, like a handful of times. I, but I honestly yeah. think that's Adam's favorite stat. <laughs> honestly. More like least favorite. It's gotten me a lot of Twitter interaction. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing is, you really, you need to get over that hump. And yeah. this is that opportunity, like, the Carolina Panthers, they're a frisky team. Like, they have some pieces that we really respect and, you know, that we really like. But you really, at home, like, if this game was in Carolina, then, you know, maybe different story. Maybe you can, like, you know, talk about home field advantage or whatever. But at home and at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you have to win this game. And I'm just imagining what the fan base is going to be thinking if we go out there and lay an egg in week one, or if we go out there and just like last year against the saints, let's say we blow a lead in the fourth quarter in week one. To a rookie quarterback. Yeah. The entire fan base will probably rightfully so be thinking, Oh, here we go again. You know, all those expectations throughout the entire offseason. like obviously the, the season won't be over, but it will be that dread 
of, oh my God, we still can't, we still can't get above 500 and we're yeah. losing to a team that, you know, we're not expecting to be competitive within the division right away in week one. We're already starting out behind the numbers. I do think that, that uh, the Falcons will win this game. It's a divisional game. I'm not going to expect a blowout, but this is one of those games where psychologically, I, this is one of the most important games I can remember psychologically speaking for this fan base, for this franchise, you know, for this coaching staff, which, you know, they're in year three as well. The pressure is going to be on them after, after spending all that money, you know, it's another seven win season. It's, it's not going to get it done. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, and, yeah, I, I will. I will want them to kind of sort of approach this game as if it's a playoff game. Yeah, like this is this is as Adam pointed out. This is a lot more important than some people want to believe. Like yeah. this is your is year three. There's a little bit more pressure on you this year. You're bringing in so many new faces to your team. You want to build a culture. You want to. You. This is the perfect way to set a tone, not only for a game before an entire season. So yeah. this this may be one of those games where you're approaching it in week one. And granted, it's, just, it's against a division opponent, but it's against a division opponent that's, you know, not a playoff team, not coming off, you know, that type of season. But you need to treat it as if this is a playoff team coming to Atlanta and you're, you're about to play. And in yeah. fairness, from Carolina's perspective, they're also looking at this game like, all right, we're facing the Falcons. You know, it it could have been a much more difficult game. They're they're looking at it like, all right, it's it's not. They're also expecting a win here, like they're mm-hmm. also expecting this to be a, all right. This is Bryce Young's first game. We're expecting uh, the Bryce Young era to start out with a win. The Falcons have won fourteen games in the past two years. You know, the the defensive pieces haven't meshed together yet. This will be their first game. Desmond Ritter still very, uh, very unproven. You know, we don't know the state of the passing attack for the Falcons. We know the run game will probably be very good. But, you know, it's it's not one of those where the Falcons are going into this game just the absolute proverbial favorite juggernaut, like 10-point favorite. Like, th- this game will be both fan bases are expecting to walk away from week one w- with a win. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think for the Panthers, it's a tough spot. It's going to be tough sledding for the team early. And, and the reason for that is they have several players recovering from pretty serious injuries. Uh, Austin Corbett, who I think was maybe their best offensive lineman last year overall. Um, he tore his ACL in the season finale. He's apparently going to begin training camp on the PUP, which means that his timeline for week one is definitely in doubt. Um, also, Brian Burns, There's he also suffered a pretty serious injury. There's no telling how healthy he's really going to be for week one. Although I don't believe he's going to start on the PUP as far as we know, but um, you know, there's, there's questioning how healthy he's going to be. Uh, so that's two of their sort of pillar players that may not play or may be limited. So Jeremy Chin as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and this team it, behind, like if Brian birds was not going to play, they have nobody on the edge anymore. Yder gross Matos has not panned out. The next guy they have is like, Marquise Haynes, uh, you know, Amare Barno, Henry Anderson, like none of these guys are really scaring you. It's sort of a, a far cry from what we've seen in the past with that Panthers pass rush. And obviously Derek Brown's really good, but, um, you know, the rest of that interior, uh, the best player on that interior is like shy Tuttle, uh, other than Derek Brown. So, 
Um, and Tuttle's fine. I think he's like a solid NFL starter. But again, like it, it's sort of fallen a long way from the the heyday. Um, and again, I, this is like a team that's in the midst of a rebuild. So yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a dub for me. Uh, I think it's going to be a dub for you, both of you guys as well, right? Yeah, All right. it better be. Yeah, it better, <laughs> better be. I like it. Yeah. Get, starting off with that that one and there's going to be, be someone great. out there who's who's saying oh like it's no big deal it's only one game this this is this game's a big deal like this yeah. game is if you want if you want the fan base if you want the players if you want everyone to buy into the process which we are so far you need to get the results and it starts with the carolina panthers at home these, um, these are the games you need to win yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's the the Panthers, especially if Austin Corbett doesn't play, the interior of that line is the weak spot. Because I think Iki Aquanu probably is going to take a step forward. I think he's going to be a really good player. And then Taylor Mot- Moton. I think I, th- I liked Iki last year. I was a big fan. But I, he didn't have, like, an amazing season last year. But, you know, I think it was for a, a rookie. I, I think it was fine. And then, of course, Taylor Moton is really good. So, um, you know. It, I, hear, I hear interior offensive line issues. Yeah, so maybe a chance for this new Falcons uh, interior defensive line to flex its muscles a little bit. So, um, and yeah, Nico asked who they have at running back. They spent a lot of money to bring in Miles Sanders, and I do not think that's going to go down very well. Um, Miles Sanders, I think if you look at the advanced stats, fewest yards after contact of any player in the NFL uh, had a, had most of his yards uh, up because of that Philadelphia offensive line. He's uh, he's an Eagles offensive line merchant. Yeah, I I was very uh, I questioned that a lot because uh, he's an awful pass blocker and not a very good receiver either. So paid a lot of money to a guy that probably had a lot to. <laughs> I mean, everybody who carried the ball behind that uh, Eagles offensive line was great. So I mean, it, it odd choice to spend big on that running back uh, salary cap wise. So I believe he's making more money than uh, Bijan Robinson. So. <laughs> we'll see how that goes but yeah we're starting off with that dub i did want to get to brian's uh brandon's question real quick uh with the two dollars thank you so much brandon it says thoughts on how that first preseason game against the dolphins will go with vic fangio leading the defense brandon doesn't even want the regular season he wants to know about the preseason first i'm sorry we skipped it but you gotta give no, wait, I, we gotta give <laughs> yeah we gotta predict the preseason Guys, now. No, come on. no no no, no but he, no I, I it's interesting know. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to win that game or not. Um, do not bet on the preseason, by the way. Don't do that. I will never I will never sanction that. But um, I think, like, it's a good test. I think that's a really, yeah, I think it's a really good test. Is it? Yeah. How much the, of the a Dolphins, test is it? The Dolphins are like a playoff contender. Well, no, but, yeah, but how much are we going oh, to see? Oh, yeah, of, that I couldn't tell you. Like, like, yeah, I mean, maybe a series or two. one series. Yeah, they see one series of piece from Tyreek and Jalen, and then yeah, they're gone. Yeah. And it's like, so it's exactly, gone. so like I think it'll be well. They they sh- as a playoff team, they should have good depth too, in theory. So it could be a good test for the Falcons' depth against their depth. I, I think it'll be interesting, um, but I don't know that you're going to learn a whole lot from the first preseason game. Yeah. Probably no, more and, the second one. And, yeah, and Vic Fangio is a veteran defensive yeah. coordinator, veteran play call. Like he's not going to show you anything, anything special. No. Yeah. All right. Like it's not going to be like uh, what's his name a few years ago where he kept dialing up the blitz every single fucking time against the Jets. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 Saints Bounty Gate DC. Yeah. Who, what was his name? Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Yeah, that's who it yeah. was. Yeah, man. 
that was that was an interesting one. All right, second game. It's the second game of a two-game home stretch to open the season. It will be versus the Packers, uh, who are who will be looking very very different this year. Uh, with Jordan Levitt quarterback, who seems to be the new quarterback darling, uh, who everyone is worshiping uh, as he's going to be fine, you know, even though he has less career stats than uh, Desmond Ritter on in more games played. Uh, everyone seems to be very confident that Jordan Love will be a, f- a, f- a good, a fine to good quarterback, and everyone thinks Desmond Ritter will suck. So you know that uh, this will be a good uh, opportunity f- to to address that narrative, but. Um, you know, in terms of this game, obviously an interesting matchup, uh, Packers could obviously be looking very different. They were far from an NFC contender last year. I don't think anyone's seriously expecting them to be much of a contender this year, but, uh, a little bit of a different look from top to bottom. Um, so I'm curious what you guys think about this week two matchup, uh, not as scary a matchup as it would have been even like a couple years ago. So. Um, the thing is, the schedule makers probably didn't get the memo that Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore because the Packers have six nationally televised games this season. <laughs> and I'm counting that Thanksgiving game because everything on Thanksgiving's you know, only game happening in America at that time, national television. I don't want to fucking see Jordan Love on my screen <laughs> six times this year, not having an option to, to watch any other game. Um yeah. Yeah, like he's he hasn't been good. Like I don't I there there has to be some sort of media bias when it comes to these NFL franchises and that, you know, the Packers have had amazing quarterback play forever, you know, dating back to they had Brett Favre transition to Aaron Rodgers and I think they're getting a lot of sort of a benefit of the doubt, you know, and them being like the Packers this legacy team and that oh yeah, like, you know, of course the next quarterback that they get is also going to be brilliant. Like Jordan Love just needs a chance. Like Jordan Love hasn't shown, he hasn't shown shit since, <laughs> since he's entered the NFL. Like I, I don't get, I don't understand the infatuation. I don't think he's a good quarterback. Um, the Green Bay Packers are not what they used to be. Um, I I have this game as a, it's a, it's a home game. I have this game as a win too. Like I think this game, uh, well, I don't want to say that it's it's going to be easier than the Panthers game, but I it think could after be. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean yeah it could be the Packers aren't good. Um, I think after I think getting over that hump will be huge in that Panthers game and starting off one and zero. I think you'll ride that momentum home against the Packers and. You know, I, I have this game as as a relic. I think the Falcons win this game by double digits. And, the, I, and I agree with you, and I, it's because they match up really well against the Packers, and I was going to get to that, but I do want to give Eric a chance to weigh in first. What do you, what do you think about this one, Eric? Um, you know, I, I want to give I want to give Jordan Love, and I will give Jordan Love the benefit of that. He's the guy who had to sit behind uh, – Aaron Rodgers for three years. Now he's got his first full offseason as the guy. Um, and, you know, everybody is not like he's trying to, you know, get implemented with a team full of or a unit full of veterans. Like his wide receiver core is just as young as he is. Um, so. But I also feel like this is one of those games that the Falcons trip up on. 
I mean, and um, historically it would be for sure. So it's it's to me, I would love to see them win this game. It is a winnable game. Um, it's not, I'm not looking at the Packers like one of those traditional Green Bay Packers teams, but I do think I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I do I do think early on you may see some struggles from Jordan Love, but I, I think he has enough potential to kind of sort of work the kinks out as the season goes on. But this is this is, you know, his this will be his second game of the year. I think I think the Packers win, but I think they win defensively. I, I think their their defense makes enough plays um to to squeeze out a win here and kind of sort of bail out Jordan Love and him getting off to, you know, not I don't want to say a slow start, but him getting off to uh, a, a minimal start to the season at least. Yeah. No, that's interesting for sure. And it's interesting that you mentioned the defense because the, the Packers had one of the NFL's worst run defenses in 2022, uh, allowing over five, uh, they allowed exactly five yards per carry. And I think that's probably why they're in big trouble in this one. Um, because the Falcons, I think we're going to see like Desmond Ritter's going to take shots and they're going to not be as afraid to throw the ball. But I think also if you can't stop the run, they're not even going to pretend to care about passing the ball. They're just going to run it down your throat. Um, and the, the Packers run defense was really bad last year. Um, five yards per carry allowed, uh, Eric Stokes, their outside corner, uh, was one of the worst run defending corners in the NFL. Quay Walker, Georgia, great. One of the worst run defending linebackers in the NFL. Um, Darnell Savage, very, very bad season for him, which is odd because he was not a bad player historically, but they they were a lot better against the pass, but I think their their weakness being the run is going to put them in a big difficult situation against the Falcons, who are going to really put a lot of pressure on them with the ground game. Um, but it's also just a very inexperienced offense with Jordan Love starting. Again, the Packers I think are going to try to rely on that ground game, so this will be a huge test for Atlanta's run defense, which. You know, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks, but I think the, the Falcons' run defense could actually be the star of the defense if Eddie Goldman's back healthy and stuff like that. Like, um, it, could it could be, be really good. Could, yeah. Um, it could be. It could be the defense. Sure. So that, that could set them up for success in this one. But again, like, Jordan Love, for the same reasons that I'm high on, on Desmond Ritter, like, we should be more accepting of the fact that Jordan Love could be a good quarterback. We just haven't seen it yet. But I, I only get pissed off because, you know, everyone seems to be totally fine with Jordan Love starting, even though he's shown less in his more games played than, than Ritter has. But everyone thinks that starting yeah. Ritter is a big mistake. You know, it's basically the same situation. So just treat it the same. It's, it's, because, because, Jordan, it's because he's a first-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. All because we all know. Yeah. So, um, but again, the weakness of that Packers offensive line is the interior. Uh, so, again, another opportunity for Atlanta's – uh, defense there and then of course the receiving core like it's it's kind of crazy but I think Christian uh Watson has I think the most NFL snaps of anyone in that room uh like no I think actually Romeo Dubs uh has the most NFL snaps of any player in that receiver room uh the other guys in that room like Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs each played about 500 snaps nobody else in that room played uh more than 100 snaps last year at receiver like at all in the NFL uh, they have like five rookies um, and a bunch of other guys. So like that room, I, I think the passing game is going to really struggle, especially early, just because there's there's very little experience there. Um, and yeah. like as much as yeah. as much as I like Christian Watson and I, I like Dubs as well, Dubs. Uh, it 
I think it's going to be rough for them because it's it's even Aaron Rodgers, like not great Aaron Rodgers. There's no way Jordan Love is even going to be not great Aaron Rodgers, I don't think. So yeah. um, it, the passing game is going to struggle, but much like the Falcons, they do have that really good run game to lean on. So we'll see uh, what the Falcons can do to, to shut that down. Um, so yeah, so Eric, it was a, an L for you predicting a frustrating mm-hmm. second game, which would be very on brand for this team. Absolutely. Uh, and then odd it was a dub, right? Yes. Two and oh. And then for me, it's going to be a dub as well. Um, <laughs> scat with the $10 says here's to Adnan for speaking out about the ridiculous number of primetime games. The Packers received. Yeah. Can the Falcons get like one of those please? Like, come on, come on guys. Come on. It's we still we still have the option of flex scheduling, guys. So All right, the, yeah. Pack, the Falcons get off to a hot start, and they're you know by the time they play the Saints the first time around, if they're playing well and they got a nice little division cushion, they may get flex. I'm pretty sure. If it, it I would not be surprised if that season finale gets flex. Yeah, so that, that would game. be that would be really cool. Um, even the Falcons. Look, I actually even agree with Arthur Smith. The point he made. The primetime games will come when followed by success. You know, you sort of have to earn those primetime games. Yeah. You, you have to you have to earn that. And honestly, I didn't have any issues, any gripes with when I saw the schedule and I didn't see any primetime games. Like, this team has won 14 games the past two years. Desmond Ritter is unproven a quarterback. It's not a sexy name. Bijan Robinson, that is a sexy name, but it's like he's still a rookie running back. The Green Bay, do we really think the Green Bay Packers are going to be this powerhouse team that's incredibly entertaining? And, and I mean, I get They weren't last like, year with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just speaking, not even as a Falcons fan, just as a football fan. Why are you forcing me to watch Jordan Love in primetime six different times? Yeah, I, I have a feeling Jordan. by this. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. Well, it's it's because of the fan base, because it is a huge fan base. It's the G. It's yeah, the it's G the G. on the helmet. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the, the, yeah. the Steelers can be bad, and I guarantee you they'll get at least one or two. Oh, yeah, the Giants. Look at the Giants. The past five years, we've had like three or four Giants prime targets, no matter what, even when that team was off. They, so. they, they open up the season on Sunday yeah. night. So Yep, they do. So just it is what it is. So the Falcons start stacking dubs, and we'll start getting at least a few. We're never going to get a lot, probably. Uh, we got a shit ton in 2017. Like, yes. You, so you know, if you go you to the Super Bowl. Run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had like four then. or five in 2017. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. How many of those did we? Did we, we hey, we, we won a fair Seattle amount. And yeah. we beat Tampa yeah. at home. Uh, we beat the Packers at home. I think yep. we had a, an above 500 record in primetime games that season. Yeah, no, the Falcons have not actually been a bad primetime team. So that that's, you know, more respect, NFL, please. All right. <laughs> We got to start getting through these games because we're, we're only two in and we've been talking for 40 minutes. So we, we may have to split this into two shows. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> let's go on to week three. Okay. So this is the first road game. It's going to be against the Lions, who seem to be the NFL's darling, which is hilarious to me because basically the NFL has crapped on the Lions and treated them like trash for like yeah, forever. Yeah, it's scheduling. Right. But like now the Lions are suddenly the darling team, uh, which I find interesting. But curious everyone uh, loves Dan Campbell yeah Dan Campbell's uh, you know, they, they, he's fun they had a great yeah. hard knock too last year so they did. it's like they you opened know. on the road against the defending champ that's crazy but whatever yeah. all right it, it's wild to me but what do you think about about this particular matchup Eric dub yeah two and one um right. it's going to be a tough one 
Um, I, I expect the Lions to be division winners in the NFC North this year. It's going to be one of those gritty games. Those gritty, man, it, it, somebody's going to be bleeding. Um, it, it's, going to, it's going to be physical. But I, I think they go on the road and they, again, they set a tone with their run game. Um, and I think this is one of those games where the defense generates some plays. Um, I like the Lions. I like the Lions a lot. I don't love the Lions without Jamison Williams, though. So, yeah. No, offensively, it's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. I think I think Jared Goff's going to turn back into a pumpkin for sure, but I, um, I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Oh, now what do you think about this? They win the division. Oh, they win the division. Yes, golf will. That's not the achievement it used to be, unfortunately, for that division. So, but right. uh, yeah, what do you what do you think about this one, Adam? Uh, first loss of the year for me. Uh, I I really like and I really respect what the Lions are doing down there. I think they, you know, they have some real continuity. They're coming off of you know, one of their best years in recent memory last season. Um, you know, I really like Jameer Gibbs, even though I do think he was a slightly overdrafted. Uh, they have David Montgomery, who, you know, was solid in Chicago. It's a strong running back tandem. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think Goff will – he's not – he doesn't strike fear into your heart, but – I think Goff does enough to get the job done. Yes. Uh, especially, yeah. I think he does have some real chemistry with this receiving core. We, you know, just mentioned the Packers receiving core. This Lions receiving core has, you know, for the most part been together for, you know, a couple of years now. Marvin Jones, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, you know, I, I actually really like Khalif Raymond, even if Jamison mm-hmm. Williams isn't playing. Josh Reynolds uh, is a, is a solid a deep depth group. piece. Yeah. 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 And that offensive line is also, it's also pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, Like Penny Sewell, Frank Ragno, Tyler, Taylor Decker. They have our, our old friend, Jermaine Effetti, who's also on the roster now over in Detroit. Uh, The defense got better. They got CJ Gardner Johnson on a steal. They got Cameron Sutton, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. We saw what he did last year. I think this will be one of those games, and, you know, it's up in Detroit. Last time the Falcons had a week three game in Detroit going into a 2-0 was in 2017, and we remember that as the 10-second runoff oh, game. Jesus. Yep. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take a similar result, but I do think this will come down to the wire, and I think I think Detroit has just enough to pull it out at home. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a fun one. I think this is going to be a tough game. I like what you guys said. I mean, I think that this is a matchup that's going to be tough for the Falcons, um, defensively speaking, because I think this is going to be the first real test of the pass defense. I think they're going to – Detroit, of course, is going to try to air it out um, as much as they can, even though I'm not necessarily sold on Jared Goff maintaining his play from last year. I, I mean, he had a respectable, even good year by a lot of measures – I think he's going to take a step back from that, but I think it's still a pretty dangerous passing attack. And um, the one thing is that they want to have Jameson Williams, so that's going to limit them a little bit. But like like we were saying, I mean, I think the the depth there is is still good at wide receivers, so they don't have. It's not like it's a they're going to fall off a cliff without uh, without Jameson Williams. But the one thing that could change this for the Falcons is that the Detroit Lions were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year. They were 
31st uh, with 5.2 yards per carry allowed. And I think if, if they if they haven't fixed that, which maybe they, they have got a hold of that a little bit, um, if they haven't fixed that, uh, it's going to be a really tough sledding for any defense to hold this Falcons offense and check if they can't stop the run, and especially if they're awful against the run. So that could throw a wrench at things, but I think I'm with Odd on here that I, I think I'm going to predict this as the first loss as well, just because it's the first road game. I think it's going to be uh, a tough matchup for the defense. That's probably still going to be gelling, you know, uh, overall. So I think this is where they, the Falcons do lose their first game and go to uh, two and one here. So week four up next uh, at the playoff uh Coming off the playoffs, Jaguars in London, week four. Uh, Adnan, what are you thinking about this one? These aren't your father's Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Like this, this is a very good Jacksonville Jaguars team. Uh, I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence to take another step next year and, you know, maybe even enter that elite stratosphere as a top five quarterback. Um, they're riding a lot of momentum off, off that incredible playoff comeback last year and victory against the chargers um yeah this team well this team is i I would hope that they have some pieces considering the fact that they've been picking the top 10 for the better part of over a decade um they've they've built a, a legitimate team over in jacksonville i think they will run away with the afc south um their offense is so scary um, Travis Etienne, we saw what he was doing last year. I'm expecting Calvin Ridley to have a career game in, in a revenge matchup. Um, I I have this game as an L2. I think, I think this game will be a really good barometer for the Falcons, though. I think Jacksonville is a legitimate playoff team. I think they'll make noise in the AFC. And, you know, I'm hoping... And I'm expecting the Falcons to make this a very close game up in London. And you never know. This is one of those travel games for both teams. You know, weird stuff can happen uh, internationally. Um, but overall, I I have this game as a loss as well. And, you know, this isn't one of those, oh, the Falcons are just going to blow it. This is the Jaguars are legit. And I'm giving them the respect. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, this this is like the opposite of the past couple games where the Jaguars are actually a very good run defense. Uh, I think they were ninth last year with 4.2 yards per carry allowed, and I, I think They're the Falcons especially in two. Uh, yeah, another old friend. revenge game. Yeah, that's the Ridley and Oluokun, uh revenge game here. So I think it's a, it's gonna be a real tough test. And again, I don't think the Falcons defense is gonna be like fully gelled yet. I think we're gonna see some flashes, and I think that there's a chance they could be really good against the run early, but. I think defending the pass, they're going to struggle against a team like this. And I think it could be a, this is the game where their Calvin Ridley earns his extension and the Falcons get a second round pick eventually out of it. So and it's going to end up being, um, you know, Calvin Ridley's going to have like 150 yards and this will be the game they point back to, you know, when they, when they give him his extension. Uh, so it's, it's a blessing in disguise for the Falcons draft. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm going to have them losing this one, but Eric curious what your thoughts on this matchup are. Um, I, I'll have this, I'll put this down as an L as well. I was going to say, if you said that we're winning this one too, then you know, maybe you actually are going 17. And <laughs> well, um, he had them losing against the Packers. So yeah, yeah. but I think it's, oh, never but, mind, I think never mind, it's mind, but I think it's one of those, I think it's one of those gritty, those gritty losses that they have. I don't, I don't yeah. think uh, going back to last season, they didn't, and, out of their 10 losses, you know, eight of their 10 losses were by uh, a score or less. Um, 
a touchdown or less. And I, I think this is still somewhat of a you know very competitive team. Um, and I, I think going into this particular matchup here, um, the Jags are the cream of the crop in the AFC South. They're one of the better teams in the AFC, absolutely. Um, but I, I just feel like the Falcons are still looking at games like this to make a statement. Yeah. To say, hey, we are not that pushover anymore. Um, I think this is one of those games where it's it's fourth quarter. It's a two, three-point game, and you're thinking like, well, damn, they might be able to win this thing. Um, and I think they just kind of sort of come up short there. Um, but Jacksonville is definitely, as Adam said, Jacksonville is definitely not one of those. They're not one of the teams that you need the, Jackson, the Jaguars to be two, three years ago. They're they're changing. One thing, yeah. one thing of note, though, they were, again, you, you pointed out, Kevin, the run defenses. This may be a game where the passing game for the Falcons may take off. They the Jags were 28th in the league last year mm-hmm. in pass defense. So this yeah. may be one of those games where, you know, uh Desmond Ritter may may catch a foot catch his footing here and, and, and make some plays. Yeah, yeah, and Kyle Pitts loves catching touchdowns in London. His rookie sure. year, he only caught one over there. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's all the yeah. difference, right? I will also say that part of me doesn't want to see Calvin Ritter go off in this game. Yeah, that, it would sting a little. Off the other yeah. It's not this one. Yeah, it's just sting a little, but yeah. yeah. All right, so we got, did, did you, so Eric, you had this as? Two and two. Lost. Two and two, okay, lost. so we're all at two and two, I think. Yeah, yeah, we're all at two and two now. Um, yeah, interesting. All right, so we I, five. I can't wait for, the, I yeah. can't wait for the, the Falcons can't win on the road narrative after this. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, they're just a home juggernaut. Well, we'll take any kind of juggernaut at this point, honestly, but. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. All right, back at home for another two-game homestand, starting with the Texans in week five. Uh, I kind of have a feeling what you guys are going to say about this one, but uh, I'll let I'll let you speak on it. Uh, Eric, you, take us away. Win. Big dubs. Win. Big dubs. Yep. Nothing else really to say there. I mean, the Texans are just – they're really far away Win. still. I, I don't think they're going to be as awful as last year, but they're really far away. Yeah. Oh, now what do you, what do you new think? Quarter, Big dubs? New quarterback, new system, yeah. new head coach, new faces on offense, new faces on defense, on the road. And same dumpster fire organization. Um, yeah. Uh, we better not lose the fucking Texans. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't care that they're coming back from London. I don't care about jet lag. I don't care about any of that. It, we better not lose the fucking Texans. Yeah, like, let's not. I, I, let's not. Yeah. Big dubs, yeah, just big yeah, dubs. The Falcons, the Falcons also got to choose this game at this particular time because any London team gets the option of either getting a bye week or picking their next opponent after the after that game. So the Falcons yeah. intentionally said, "All right, let's <laughs> let's recover from the jet lag. Let's go home and play against the Houston Texans. Let's go home like, and, and yeah. wipe up." I like C.J. Stroud. Like I gen- yeah. like I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in the draft class. Um, I like Damian Pierce. Uh, you know, Derek Stingley is a hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they have Will Anderson too. Uh, they have some nice young pieces, but that this team isn't, this team isn't ready to really do anything. I think they'll be competing for a top five pick again this year. Yeah. Uh, so this Houston Texans defense also notable that, uh, was the NFL's worst run defense in uh, 2022. 
allowing <laughs> over 170 yards on the ground per game. Average. <laughs> so I think they may just hand this ball off to Algier about 30 times and uh, go home with a big dub. So I hope you're not playing against uh, Bijan and Algier in fantasy that week. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be a, that's, that's a bad one matchup those, for them. Yeah. It's one of those smash spots, as they say in the fantasy industry. Yeah. You get 200 rushing yards this game? Probably, yeah. I think so. <laughs> 5.1 yards per carry as well, which is pretty much up there with the... Man, this will not age well if we somehow lose that game. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I'm not even going to entertain well. that. I'm not going to entertain <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving on. I'm not talking about that. So I think we're all at 3-2 and two now. It's nice that we're all synced up here. Yep. All right, week six versus the Commanders, who have sort of been the nemesis of the Falcons. The Falcons have lost, I think, like the last six games or something like that against they the Commanders. Are. Um, so I, I'm going with big dump, big dubs here. I think we, we break that streak, uh, against the commanders and, and Desmond Ritter emphatically proves that he is a better quarterback than Sam Howell. So that's my prediction for this one. <laughs> uh, I do think the I'm, commanders I'm are actually there. not that bad though, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think the, I think the commanders are, um, you know, they're going to be a competitive team early on, but I, I, I foresee this, the wheels kind of sort of falling off with this team later in the year um and i and i think they 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 catch a loss here i think the falcons redeemed themselves from last year's loss which they should they should have won the last two meetings at least against this team but yeah. Yeah. uh the commanders have definitely had their number for sure um so falcons win here i feel like this could be one of those trap games like it, you know you're playing at home you're coming off a a win against the Texans, you know, you're sort of under underestimating Sam Howell. Uh, that Panthers, or excuse me, Panthers, that commander's defensive line is still, you know, very scary, even even though they declined that 50-year uh, option on Chase Young. Like, Montez Sweat is still there. Uh, Payne and Allen are still there. Like, Deron Payne just got that massive contract. Uh, I, I like Kendall Fuller on defense, uh, you know, yeah. offensively. Terry McLaurin's another one of those guys who I think is is one of the best, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, you know, I like what Brian Robinson has been doing. I I like Ron Rivera. You know, as a head coach over there, he's really sort of you know changed the culture a little bit. Uh, I think the Falcons kind of fuck around in this game. Um, <laughs> I think they find themselves down, uh, sort of you know punched in the mouth a little bit but i do think that they sort of steady their footing and they just barely pull this one out and you know they're sort of given that warning not to not to take opponents lightly yeah no i agree with what with what you guys said i, I don't think the commanders are going to be bad um i think they have a few notable weaknesses um you know i think that overall that defense is pretty good um you know i think they were about average against the run so it's not like the falcons are going to be able to totally victimize them there but that offensive line has fallen off a lot from where it used to be that used to be the strength of the team they're replacing a lot of starters on that line i don't think it's going to be particularly good and i think that's going to really hurt them um however that defensive line is really good um so it's, it's going to be a tough test for this falcons offensive line against that unit which of course is just i mean uh jonathan allen you know, Deron Payne. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I, former Falcon Abdullah Anderson looks like it's going to be their starting nose tackle. So, uh, interesting, interesting there, but, and then of course, you know, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So 
X factor here for me is is controlling the run game for the commanders. Like for Sam Howell to throw the ball 40 times. Yeah. If we can do wow. that, then then we'll be in great shape. Uh, yeah. I do think the Falcons yeah. pull this out and break yeah. break break a couple of streaks this year. They're gonna break that under five hundred streak and they're gonna break the commander's streak week six. So I yeah. think we all we all dubs for this one. You go in dubs as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so four and I two. think we're all four and two. Yeah, we're we're very in sync here. I like that. I like that. Um we're probably gonna split talk, this. Yeah. How much talk you think they'll get if they if, if they're four and two at this point, honestly. I think they'll get a lot of talk after two and zero, oh, and then like, and that it's gonna be really funny because they're gonna they're gonna start two and zero, oh, and then everyone will be like, oh, the Falcons are serious, and then they're gonna lose two, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, they were a joke, and then they're gonna win two more, and people are like, oh, are they back? You know, and then we're gonna now we're about to find out what they do after that in our, our predictions, but before that. I do want to give a big shout out to Michael Scott with the hundred dollar donation. Oh, Michael, wow. thank you so much, brother. We re- I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Um, says no question. Just appreciate that dead season grind. Enjoy training camp, Michael. We will, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, Ooh, big big dubs to Michael Scott. Big dubs. Uh, means a lot, man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that, that threw me off slightly, but we're back. We're back. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're probably going to have to split this into two shows because I'm not going to make you guys stay here for two hours. But we'll, we'll get Eric back and we'll finish this up sometime in the next couple of weeks. But we're, let's let's see if we can let's see if we can at least get to the bye. We're, we're at week six, Eric. It's been almost an hour. <laughs> we just got to limit the dialogue. <laughs> we can't limit the dialogue. This is what yeah. We, we can't. Do. We can't limit ourselves. We're we're not we're not capable of that. That's our biggest weakness. Is we talk too much. So, but you know, the good news is that it's a talk show. So it, there's worse things than talking too much. But all right, week seven at the Bucks. All right, so second divisional game now going to be at the Bucks, not the Titanic team they used to be, or even the very mid team they were last year. Uh, Adnan, curious what your thoughts are on this week seven matchup. Um. I this game is gonna be harder than I think we expect it to be. Like we're looking at oh, you know, it's Baker Mayfield, you know, it's you know, all they they lost Tom Brady, the Bucks are gonna, you know, nosedive off a cliff this season. Um this Pucks team is still has a lot of talent on it. Like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage are still their wide receivers. That's one of the best wide receiver trios, you know, that the Falcons will face all year. Yep. They still have Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen. They got Cody Malk in uh, in the draft. I think that O-line will be much improved as opposed to that, you know, tattered up, banged up version last year, given good health. Um, you know, on defense, Devin White is trying to leave, but they won't let him. Levante <laughs> David is there. Shaq Barrett, uh, if he is back, I'm I'm assuming good health. I'm assuming he will be back by this point. Uh, Dean, Winfield, Carlton Davis. I I think the Falcons go to Tampa Bay. We're all you know on our high horse. We're four and two. We're you know we're gonna beat the shit out of those Bucks. We're gonna <laughs> uh, get revenge from last season from that roughing the passer penalty on Grady Jarrett. And I think the Falcons will lose a close one in this one. I, I have them dropping to four and three. Uh, and you know, it's, it's one of those division games on the road. Like it, you sort of have to throw the records out and you have to expect literally anything to be able to happen. The Falcons and Bucks always play close games, no matter who's on the roster. And I think the Bucks just pull it out at home, uh, with that home field advantage. I have the Falcons dropping to four and three. 
Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about this one, Eric? You in, of a similar mind that this is a, one of those divisional trap games? Yep, I'm on the same boat. I think this is one of those games where they go on the road and they kind of sort of underestimate the Bucks a little bit, and that that defense shows why they were still top ten last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. I, this is one of those really frustrating losses. I can feel it right now. Like we're gonna be oh, riding that. We will be so mad. Yeah, after we're games. gonna be riding this two-game win streak. We're back at four and two. We're back two games up above five hundred. You I'll know, be riding high. So much shit. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's uh, then we come back down to earth uh, here with uh, this one. So we're yeah, so we're all in, in consensus here. I think. Division games are always tough. It really doesn't matter what the team is. We've seen this every single year. Um, and the Bucks, like, it's this is a game that the Falcons' offense is going to have to win. I think. Like, I, I think that Bucks' offense will still be decent, and that that Bucks' defense is still good. So, like, the Falcons, I I think the Bucks are going to score in this one, and the Falcons' defense is probably going to have a bad day. So, I think it's going to be up to the offense to keep pace and and win. Maybe they can. Uh, I'm not saying they can't. The Falcons are probably going to be favored in this. I think the Bucks will probably have a losing record at this point. So it's certainly some, I think it's possible for them to win, obviously. And I think they'll probably be favored no. even, but I, I sort of feel Please. like it's one of those. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of trap games at the Titans in week eight, uh, a team that is not expected to do much this year, expected to fall off pretty hard uh, after a pretty bad season last year and, kind of a questionable off-season strategy in general. Uh, maybe we feel differently if they close the deal with D-Hop, but uh, Eric, what do you think about uh, the Titans in Week 8? After starting off the season 0-3 on the road, they get their first road victory of the year, and they win by 21. See, so the Falcons, like, wipe them up this year. They, they wipe the floor with them. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, now, what do you what do you got Week 8 at the Titans? have this game as another loss actually. oh boy <laughs> yeah i the titans yeah they they aren't what they used to be uh they still last year were you know statistically the number one run defense in yes. the nfl that's, that's what i was that's definitely on. Yeah. that's their strength um you know i i like them drafting peter skaronsky uh this year I, I like what they did in the draft their wide receivers are you know leave leave a lot to be desired but trail and burks i think is very fascinating um yeah this this will be one of those very tough grinded out games uh we mentioned at the top of the show the titans are coming off a bye week uh, i i may be putting more stock into that than i should be but i do think that that will play a factor in this game uh also the falcons going on the road um at this point having suffered a, you know, a difficult, you know, loss the previous week coming off of probably a very gritty def- uh, divisional matchup, you know, whether it's going to be a win or a loss, that, that game's going to take, you know, I think that'll take a lot out of the Falcons. Uh, it'll be their second road game uh, in a row while the Titans will be well-rested. I think this will be one of those games where we look at it and we're like, God damn it, same old fucking yeah. Falcons, you know, <laughs> L dropped to 4 I can four see it and- now. Yep, I can see the headlines and, right now. Yeah, and they will, you know, at this point, I think drop to zero and four on the road, and you know, this is where we'll really be like, oh, the Falcons are home merchants. Yeah, um, it'll be back to the old days, you know. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I, I I don't like it, but I think they I think they will, you know, they still have a decent 
veteran quarterback in Tannehill, and I think they'll run with Derrick Henry until the wheels fall off and grind out a win. I, yeah, I want to I want to correct myself. I said this was the first road win that I predicted. I I had them going to Detroit and winning. That's right. But this, this would be their second road win. However, I think this is a game where Arthur Smith flexes his muscles. And I truly yeah. believe part of the reason why I feel like they'll get a win is I think Desmond Ritter will have things figured out by this point in the season. And you, you'll you see Arthur Smith flex his muscles. You'll see John Lou Smith have his have a little revenge as well. I, I think this is the game where Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter wins it. I mean, I yeah. definitely like your scenario way more than mine. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I prefer – yes, so for the record, I, I feel very similar to Adnan about this game. Now, for for the record, I think actually Eric is spot on. I think the Falcons are probably going to be heavy favorites, and I think that the Falcons definitely should win this game. However, I think this is going to be the most frustrating loss of the season. I think this is going to be the one game everyone gets really pissed about when we talk about it later, and it's kind of inexplicable. I think the offense just lays an egg. I think the Titans shut down the run game because they're really good at that. That's really their calling card is limiting the rush. Uh, the Their run defense is excellent. So, like, I think this is the first game where the Falcons' run defense doesn't work, or the Falcons' rushing attack doesn't work, like, all season, and it just throws things off, and it's tough. Uh, and it's sort of inexplicable. And it's going to frustrate the hell out of me, I can already tell. Uh, but the I also post, think... The post-game show yeah, will have 700 It'll be lit. After this yeah, game. it'll be so lit. Because uh, people will actually care, because the Falcons will, like, have actually won some games prior to this. But um, I do have this as another L, uh, and I'm not happy about it. I can already tell... But like I this this one like spoke to me. I was like, oh, that's a dub. And I was like, wait, no, I don't I don't feel good about that. So I hope that Eric is right. But I also think like Eric's explanation of the Falcons winning by twenty one is equally as likely as like losing this game embarrassingly when they really should be winning. But um, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at as well. All right, week nine versus the Vikings, the Paper Tigers of the NFC. Uh, curious, really curious, what uh, your thoughts are on this one, Adnan? Uh, week nine. Well, in my scenario right now, we'll be frustrated. Well, ha- having lost two games that we really think we should have won, you know, uh, I'll be on the show before this week saying, oh, you know, we really should be six and two right now, but we're four and four. Uh, and, you know, they will go back home. That'll be a welcome sight facing a Minnesota Vikings team, which, you know, is. You know they have some they have some scary pieces on offense. I think Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I don't underestimate uh, T.J. Hawkinson at all. And even though they lost Alvin Cook, I still think Alexander Madison is legit if he if he is healthy. Um, Kirk Cousins is also you know a very very solid above average quarterback, but that defense is a fucking dumpster fire. Oh, over it's, it's really bad. Yeah, <laughs> like that defense. That is not the the purple people eaters Minnesota defense from like from years past. Like they were last year, statistically the second worst defense in the NFL. They had a worse defense than the Texans last season. I think the Falcons bounce back here. And I think they, they put together, you know, a pretty, a, a pretty emphatic victory. You know, I have the Falcons winning this game by 13 points. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I think that's certainly on the table. Uh, Eric, curious your thoughts on, on this one as well. Same. A convincing win. Um, I think you go into this particular game here. You neutralize Justin Jefferson as much as you can. You walk out with a win. Yeah. I think, I think that's – the Vikings defense is really bad. So that 
could be the great equalizer in this. Uh, I'm, I'm with a 30, 31st overall. I think year, so. Right? Yeah, yeah, 31st. Yeah. Only the lines were worse. Yeah. So I'm going overall yeah. last year. Oh, I think ahead. so. I'm sorry. You no, no, you're all good. You're good. I, I, I actually was going to look that up too. I think, let's see, against, against the, uh, the run, they were actually not that terrible. Um, against yeah, the past, they were fucking. They were horrible. awful against the past. They, yeah, they, they were, were awful. They were terrible overall. Yeah. They were. I think they were 31st last year, but they lose um, Eric Kendricks uh, this offseason. They lose Dalvin Tomlinson this offseason. They could be on the verge of losing Daniel Hunter after they've already traded Zadarius Smith. You're what you're hoping that Andrew Booth comes back and is healthy. You're hoping that Lewis Seen comes back and he's healthy. You're hoping that Byron Murphy is actually worthy of the contract that he was given this offseason in free agency. You also lost Patrick Peterson, and Harrison Smith is not getting any younger. Yeah. This is I think it it should. This is another one that they should win, and I think they lose it like at the very end, and it's really frustrating. Um, yeah. What is up with so, you guys? So What's so no no. Adnan picked up. Adnan had a dub here. I'm the negative one. No, I'm the Adnan, negative buddy, one. You picked, ten, you picked Tennessee, right? Yeah, you picked yeah, Tennessee. I did pick so Tennessee. so I. Eric's over here like man. I go to ESPN yeah. for a couple of seasons. <laughs> I come back. There's no more optimism over yeah. here. You, you guys are yeah. just. You guys are. We're just crapping you on guys the are just like, alone Yeah, for, like we're here. The, the wow. thing is, nobody can say that we're not objective. Nobody yeah, can, this is just to cover me later uh, when, I, when someone <laughs> tries to say I'm a homer. But yeah, so I, I have this is I have been going on a little three game skid here, and I think we're going to be really pissed because uh, this and that screams Falcons to me. But oh, we will be so furious. Yeah, I will be really pissed. Oh my god, oh, that's what I'm saying. A three-game losing streak to the Bucks, Titans, and the Vikings. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be very infuriating. Uh, I can feel it on my bones that this is like Mercedes-Benz some... Stadium might not. Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. might not be there about the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. there's not so, going to be. Oh, I, I be hope that I'm wrong. On those PSLs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at this point, yeah, uh, that that's where I'm. I think it's going to be. This is going to be a really close, kind of crushing defeat uh, that we lose at the last second. I think all of these games are going to be close, by the way. I don't think the Falcons are getting blown out at all. That, that'll uh, make it but, even worse, though. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like, wow, we, we didn't get that. We, that positive regression's not coming, you know, in these close games. But, um, all right, we're going to break down one more before the bye. You guys got them at what? You guys got them at what at this point? Uh, so Five and four. Yeah, I'm four and five. Adon's five and four, and you're six and three, Eric. Man, yeah. this really flipped on its head. I remember. I know, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna break down week ten before the bye, and then we'll we'll table the the stretch after the bye for the next show. Split this up into some even more juicy off season content. Um, so week ten at the Cardinals, uh, Arizona might be the worst team in the league this year. So I think I know uh, where you guys are gonna go with this one, and I'm not gonna be that big of a hater. I will break you know the losing streak. The Falcons go on the road, get the dub against the Cardinals, get back on, get back on the horse, and, and start riding the ship here. Uh, so I, my, I have them at five and five going into the bye, which probably is going to disappoint some people. But uh, I think the the we, uh, you know, a little spoiler for next show. I think the best is yet to come for the Falcons in the second half. But uh, Eric, what do you think about Week Ten against the Cardinals? You guys, you guys will be frustrated if they lose to. <laughs> they lose to Minnesota. I'll be, I'll be I, even I'm not that big of a masochist to suggest that they'll lose to the Cardinals. That's this, not – I don't do this. That here, here, and it's not really much of a prediction. This is the worst roster in the league in Arizona. 
This is the worst roster in the league. And keep in mind, Kyler Murray was hurt at the end of the year. He won't be. He won't start the year off. They're going to probably want to start Colt McCoy. Kyler may not see the field until probably maybe around this time, or maybe not going, even now. or going, yeah. into, going into November, maybe. So, um, I, I, come on, man! I, they they can't lose that. No, they're going to win this game. They're, okay, I, but I'm even, not that big of a hater. It, yeah. Even if it's on a road, they can't lose Arizona. Like, come on. There's I think no. Arizona has a chance to go 0-17, for real. They do. They legitimately do. Especially if Colt McCoy gets I, hurt, I, which I'm not wishing, obviously, they, on anyone, but, you know. They, yeah, they legitimately do. Yeah, it's just Staff the worst windy. roster in the league. It's Now, their it's draft was good, team. but that's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> they need, yeah. like, two of those, no, two or three of those. Right. Yeah. Worst yeah. roster in the league. They win big here. This might be one of those games where you see you might see Bijan and Algier run for a hundred apiece. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. It's, All right. So you got them seven and three going into the bye. Seven I and like three that. going into the. I like it. Let's the optimism. Go. Let's go. So Let's I got them go. at five and five, and then Adnan. What What do you got? Well, I think this will be one of those. Tra- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. With this better. <laughs> no, boo. Do you guys want to uh, see? Do you guys want to hear Arizona's projected starting defensive line? Please. So, Tell me. Yeah. yeah. Zayvon Collins. All right. Rashard Lawrence. All right. Lucky Fotu and Jonathan Ledbetter are there as of now projected starting defense. What about LJ line. Collier? Yeah, L- I mean, LJ Collier is. <laughs> I, 38.2 PFF grade last year. Yeah. This want to know what want to know what I'm hearing? What? I smell that barbecue chicken, baby. <laughs> I know barbecue. Chicken. Battle of the no. birds will yeah. be over by the half exactly. by halftime. Yeah. yeah, this will be some yeah. barbecue. Some barbecue. I think Taylor Heineke is going to play. I think Taylor Heineke might play in this one. Yeah. So some barbecue cardinal right there, baby. Awful run defense, and last year they were historically one of the worst teams in the NFL at defending tight ends. Yeah. Like last year, if you had, you could literally stream whatever, whatever tight end in fantasy against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think you would have gotten the second best tight end like results uh, after starting Travis Kelsey all season. Like they were that bad against uh, at defending tight ends. Uh, you know, so that's good news for John Smith and Kyler Pitts. And, you know, I, I have this as the Falcons' first uh, official road victory. Um, and, yeah, th- even if Kyler Murray's back, like, and, you know, he should be back by week 10, possibly, he's still coming off an ACL injury. He's not going to be the same Kyler Murray. He's not going to be as explosive as he was before, not right away. Uh, I don't think he'll be using his legs as much as he was before, and that, that is his primary strength. Uh, Arizona's wide receiver, wide receiver core. Like I really like Hollywood Brown, but Rondale Moore and Greg Dortch aren't striking fear into my heart. They have James Conner at running back, who's you know solid. Their offensive line isn't really yeah. that good. Um, yeah, this should be a twenty-point blowout win, and you know we should be going into the bye feeling pretty good. Uh, I have them going into the bye at six and four at this point. Okay. Yeah. So right now. Just for the record, so, and we will pick this up. We'll see if we can do Kevin next week. Butler. I haven't talked to Eric yet, but if not, we'll 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 reconvene. You know, obviously before training Kevin, camp. But 
Trevor's the yeah. only pessimistic one by having this team at 500. <laughs> and and uh, the chat comment, I'm sorry for calling Kyle Pitts, Kyler Pitts. Yeah, insulting. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Okay, yeah, so right now, Eric is at 7-3, and Adnan's at 6-4, and four, and I'm at 5-5 five and five going into the, the Week 11 bye week. So uh, none of us had the fact of the losing record at this point, um, and we're all within a couple games, so... Real quick, before we go. Yeah, yeah. I want I want us to take our respective records, right? Mm-hmm. What is the talk about the team with those respective records? Yeah. What what are, what are, what are people saying about the Falcons if they're five and five? What are they saying if they're six and four? And what are they saying if they're seven and three? Yeah. I, go ahead, Kevin. No, I think if we start with mine, like five and five, I I don't think anyone's gonna be like I think Falcons fans will be a little bit disappointed. Um, right. It's not bad, uh, mm-hmm. but it it I think fans of the team will want more, and I think we'll be like we want more too. I think the good news is that we're probably gonna stomp the Cardinals in Week Ten, and I think that'll make everyone feel a little bit better going into the bye, especially after that three game losing streak that I talked about. But we gotta um, stop the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, they got they're gonna stomp them, and that'll that'll make people feel a little bit better at least. Like, okay, we're getting back on it. Um, but spoiler alert, like I I do have the Falcons, you know, finishing with a winning record, guys. So like I do think they're gonna perform strongly in the second half. I think they're gonna hit their stride. But you know, six and four, uh, none. What do you think the people will be saying about the Falcons if they do go into that bye week at six and four? So, I think it depends on the rest of the division. And I think at this point, the Falcons will be first place in the NFC South because I don't really believe in the NFC South like that. I mean, who who can after last season? Um, I think the media will start giving, will be giving the Falcons some respect as, you know, a playoff contender, as a team that can, you know, win the NFC South, which would be the first division title since 2016. I think we'll be sitting here saying, all right, we're expecting a very strong stretch run. But I think that, Falcons fans will be frustrated just given some of those defeats. We'll be at six and four, but you know, like Falcons fans, we won't really be able to fully enjoy it because we'll be saying, Oh, we can just as easily be eight and two and we can just as easily be in that contention for that number one spot. But, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think the Falcons will start getting the respect and, I think we'll be sitting here saying, yeah, at, at this point, it's all systems go. We're, we're expecting to finish number one in the NFC South. And at this point, I'll probably even be predicting, you know, a home playoff victory. Yeah. <laughs> um, I it's think a seven team. to three, I think, I think people are saying, um, I think, I think at seven and three, Ritter has impressed. Bijan is Bijan. The run game is the run game. And I think the defense is at this point still working some things out, but I think they're one of the best defenses in the league in takeaways. If you look at that gaunt, if you look at those, those the 10 quarterbacks that they're going to be facing, the best quarterback in that bunch is Trevor Lawrence. So you're, you know, you're you're facing Bryce Young, you're facing Sam Howell, who's essentially still a rookie. You're facing um CJ Stroud, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. I think, like I said, I think while they're still working some kinks out defensively, they're, they're you're seeing signs of improvement. But the the biggest sign I think you're seeing at this point is the fact that they're able to take the ball away at a at a very frequent rate. 
Yeah. I think that's yeah. the talk about the Falcons if they're seven and three at that point. Yeah, I think people will be pretty excited if the team is seven and three. And I think people the NFL media as a whole will be pretty happy with the Falcons at six and four. I think if they're five and five, like I'm predicting, they'll be sort of like, oh, this is about what we expected. Like they'll be better. And like I don't think the Falcons are gonna get blown out at all. I think they'll have a bunch of frustrating losses, but I think there will certainly be a group that's like, oh, this Falcons team, they're they're just very mediocre um, at this point. And, right. like, I think some of that will have to do with, like, Ritter will be a little bit inconsistent. I think the defense is still gelling. Um, but I think going into the bye, the defense will have their best game against the Cardinals. And everyone will say, oh, it's because it's the Cardinals. But I think it's that's going to be right. the... I think that's going to be the stepping stone for this team to actually start to, to really come together in the second half of the season. That's sort of what I'm thinking. Um, but... We have enough material left for a whole other show. So this actually worked out great because like I was wondering what we were going to talk about, you know, in the weeks before training camp. So uh, we'll see if we can get Eric back on next week, guys. But if not, we'll reschedule uh, in the coming weeks uh, and we'll see when we can finish this up. But a very engaging first half of the season predictions episode. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Before we go, one want to read off one final donation from Mad Tom K with the $5. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, he says, enjoying the show, guys. Nice to see some variety in the predictions. Also, looking forward to the Falcons hopefully having a winning season, as are we all, Mad. Uh, even with my, you know, pessimistic 5-5 uh, five and five prediction, appar- apparently. Average uh, team. Yeah. Not being an average to start the season that's weird yeah Come on, yeah, i'm such so a hater i didn't realize average. i i didn't realize i was such a hater <laughs> until now so um this is a new this is a new experience for me but yeah uh, right but guys thank you again we appreciate everyone thank you mad for the donation michael scott another shout out for that hundred big hundo uh really appreciate that man that help that helps a lot uh really does so thank you um yeah guys uh like i said check out the community discord like subscribe if you're watching here on youtube that really helps us out with the algorithm leave a comment uh leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice those have been great we're up over 112 reviews on spotify now and even more on on apple so thank you guys so much um yeah and uh yeah check out the patreon Uh, we're gonna be firing up those patron fantasy leagues here soon so if you want to get on that Usually we close signups for that right after training camp. So you still got a little bit of time, but uh, if you want to get in on that now, why not? Right. Patreon.com slash Falcoholic live. Uh, for those of you that are listening to this off air, you can still donate to the training camp fund. We will read your donation on the next show. The link to that streamlabs.com slash the Falcoholic slash tip. It's also in the show description. Um, and yeah, before we take off, I uh, want to of course thank our sponsor. Once again, betonline.ag. The show is presented by BetOnline. And thank uh, our special guest this evening, Eric Robinson, at underscore Eric underscore Robinson, working at ESPN. Uh, Eric, anything you'd like to plug? Falcoholic, like I always do, man. That's a one-stop shop. Everything you need everything you need in terms of Falcons content from position breakdowns, schedule predictions, things of that nature, all at thefalcoholic.com. I'm sure Kevin and Adnan are just cranking out content during the dog days of the offseason. Good tip of the cap to you guys for that, by the way. Uh, that is not easy. It's not fun trying to generate. You're well aware with your job as well. <laughs> trying to generate content right now is, is not easy at all by any means. There's no games being played. There's not even any practices right now. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, falcoholic.com. That's, that's my plug. All right. Thank you very much for that, buddy. We appreciate you. Also with us, my co-host Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything you're working on 
uh, like, you know, your your rest advantage article that I completely misattributed. Uh, anything like that that you'd like to people know about? Um, I do want to bring people's attention to an article that Gino will actually be uh, publishing pretty soon. And that's one that will, you know, kind of take a peek behind the curtain. And, uh, you know, as a roundtable with all the writers and editors where we give our background of how we landed at the Falcoholics, some of our Falcons memories. And, you know, I think, uh, I think that'll be a really cool read and it'll be, uh, it'll be some nice, uh, some nice background info about the Falcoholic.com as, as a whole. Yeah, it's terrific stuff. I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, I actually went back and found uh, for, for the purposes of the article and just for some fun, I went back and found my initial correspondence with our, our uh, glorious leader, Dave Choate, uh, where I asked him for advice about how to get into sports writing back in, uh, I think it was 2015. And, you know, took Dave a whole other year before he, he brought me onto the site, you know, so it's, <laughs> he could have just offered me right there and I would have been like, absolutely. But, you know, no, he was very helpful. A whole year, yeah. And then he was like, hey, actually, um, maybe I do want to hire you. Maybe I should just have done that right off the bat. But, hey, you know, then we wouldn't have had those I... glorious days of blocking Dirty Eric, so. <laughs> uh, true story. February 2017, I got I got a DM from Dave on Twitter about possibly joining the alcoholics. And the rest was history. It was my recommendation, yeah. <laughs> not to steal Thank Dave's you, thunder or anything, that. but you know. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank Eric you. and I have been looking out for each other for many years. Okay, I had to rescue him <laughs> from our previous our previous arrangement. Um, oh so, man, that site that yeah. we I don't even know why. You Shout out to Potting that. Dirty, by the way. All three episodes we recorded. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while while Kevin brought Eric along, he he left me over. A I left Adnan behind, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. My bad. My bad, guys. But, uh, uh, he he did make up for it by uh by recruiting me onto the Falcoholic uh in I think February of go. 2018, so exactly yeah. one year later. Yes, so, I'm not go. a miracle worker. I'm I'm doing my best, guys. You know, so I didn't have I didn't have that much pull for a couple of years. You know, so I, I had to work my way up and then do the full infiltration before we changed the site name to yeah. Blogging Dirty officially. So right. uh, <laughs> it's the long game. It's the very it's the long very game. long yeah. game. We've been sleeper agents this whole time, infiltrating. So um, thank you guys very much for uh, joining us tonight. Really appreciate all you guys uh, hanging out with us for almost 90 minutes here in the, the depths of the offseason. But we're going to keep it fun. We're going to continue to bring you guys that terrific content all through the offseason. And, yeah, by when you uh, hear from us again next week, it'll be right about, uh, right about a month until training camp, maybe even a little bit less. So we're almost there. We're going to make it there together. Uh, until then, guys, have a great night. Thanks again for tuning in. We will see you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great night, folks. Thanks.